We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the ALGS Championship Preview Show. Uh, All access questions with prediction. Today, I'm joined by five-time ALGS champion, I'm Madness. You can see him on my left, your right. Um, So welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. I'm going to kick it off to Madness right now. Hey, guys. So I'm really excited today. We are partnering with Prediction, and we're going to be doing, they are running this event, which I'm really excited about. Um, Basically, to give you guys a quick rundown of the event, um, it is an AOGS uh, championship preview show. So we're going to be mainly focusing on, like, competitive Apex, AOGS stuff. Um, but we, this is an opportunity for anyone, uh, once we get through the questions submitted who, for those who purchase tickets, um, we will later go towards Twitch chat, but we'll be answering any questions, competitive, anything about Apex, uh, Legends, ALGS, stuff like that, anything really regarding the game, but mainly focusing on ALGS and competitive. Um, towards the end, again, we'll open it up to answering more in-depth questions about, you know, maybe improving your gameplay, stuff like that, but main priority is we're going to be focusing on those who purchase tickets on prediction to gain access to the show um those will be answered first we might have people who will be stopping in to actually vocally ask their questions i think we might have one or two people that are doing that i'm not sure but um we're going to be prioritizing those who bought tickets into access to the event um and then throughout the show we'll be you know answering twitch chat questions throughout um that's kind of the rundown of the show and um, it's not super and super serious. We're just going to chill, hang out, have some casual fun, answer questions, and just hang out and have some fun. So we're going to figure out um, here in a bit where we get the first question that was submitted, and then we can start rolling. But Actually, oh, uh, we just got a question. Can we still purchase tickets? If someone purchases a ticket right now, do they still have time to get uh, entered into the event, or is it too late? And- that is a good question. Just before we start getting deep into it, you know. I was told, yeah, you people... can. I was told, yes, you still can. <laughs> get timed <laughs> out. Okay. Okay. Um, can I get perms real quick? I'm going to try to put yeah, the yeah. link to buy tickets in the chat right now in case anyone wants to join us that yeah. um, was unaware. <laughs> yes, anybody who's interested in stopping in and purchasing a ticket, you can ask a question you can join via voice if you guys would like to that would be preferred but if not if that's not something you're comfortable with you're more than happy to purchase a ticket and submit a question that way and you guys can ask through that 
Okie dokie. So we got a couple people in the holding room. Um, are we going to chit chat it up, wait for people to buy some tickets first? Or should we start going with the questions now? Okie dokie. But, so, um, yeah, go ahead. So I've been actually really excited for this event. We've actually been talking about this for uh, a few months, actually, or about a month, I would say. Um, the uh, Renegades GM, Josh, um, came to me and said that he wanted to produce the show and we were going to be partnering with Prediction and, you know, working with them on this and creating this event, which I was super excited about. And they asked me, um, you know, who... Do you have anyone that you want to host a show? If not, like, we have people. And I was like, well, if it was possible, I would love to have the show hosted with my, my best <laughs> friend, Weary. It's because if you guys are familiar with my streams, obviously I'm streaming, so you probably know Sam. And we're just best friends. And we have been for, like, five, six years at this point. Um, so I just figured it would make it a lot more, like, Natural. chill, easier, not, like, like some weird forced interview kind of situation. Um, yeah. Like there's a lot less pressure too, because like a lot of people that are going to be joining us and talking with us probably have already heard my voice before, and you know at some point when we were playing something, so it'll be more comfortable for everyone around the board. Um, so I'm stoked. I'm excited to talk to some people and see what questions they have and reminisce about your competitive career so far. Talk about where it's going to go in the future. Yeah. So. With that being said, hopefully we can get into some questions here in a second, and we can start kind of getting in the groove of all of that. Um, but like I said, every, every, the questions that we're going to be answering and talking about today are going to be completely solely related to uh, Apex Competitive, um, ALGS Championship-related questions, previews on what we think, how that's all going to go. I need to pull up and see if I can figure out where my predictions coming so i can get this pulled up um so we will start with my overall prediction on um championship so let me pull that up and get everything listed this is actually going to be a kind of a fulfilled event there's a lot of days of things going on if you guys haven't looked into the uh schedule at all um it's it's like three days, three straight days. It's four days total, three straight days um, of just qualifications, if you guys haven't looked into it that much. Um, you have the group stage on the on the 7th, which is the day one, if you guys don't know. So that's going to be about four days starting from now. And um, that'll be day one of the AOGS Championship. That's kind of going to determine uh, who is... Um, going to be in winners and losers bracket and then once that gets determined so long story short 40 teams are going to be battling it out on the seventh the first day of the group stage 20 the top 20 teams will be moving on to the winners bracket and that will start the bracket system um going forward and then the bottom 20 obviously will be in the losers bracket and then you have the bracket stage from the july 8th to the 9th um it'll be two eight game series for each bracket um and then that will then lead to the finals on the 10th so you have three days of qualifications and that's kind of <laughs> intense um that's going to be a lot for some people so and who are your favorites madness who, who do you who do you what are the what are your top three teams that you think are going to perform the best you know given that you probably have the most experience and knowledge uh with these players and with these teams 
what, who yes. do you think is going to do the best and succeed other than yourself? Because obviously you're going to win, right? So other than yourself. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I think uh, probably North America is going to be top, top three. Oh. Um, I don't think I really want to see if I think the big like what if is going to be if reignite can perform as well as they did in playoffs without their actual like with their with their roster they won they won uh playoffs too with just a sub so it's gonna be ser like interesting to see if when they have their actual third player now and um or if they're gonna perform worse like if that chemistry is just gonna be kind of off because who knows they might have found like a hidden gem or whatever but um I would. I think Reignite's definitely gonna be the wild card. I definitely think they're capable of uh, placing top five. Um, I think that Luminosity really was able to pull a fifth place at playoffs too. It was very impressive. I think that puts them in uh, a, like a really solid wild card position. Very very underrated team, and it was really cool to see them kind of be that like dark horse kind of situation. Um, I think. Based on like scrims, from what I've been seeing, it, it seems like Team Liquid hasn't been doing insanely well in scrims. But again, they weren't doing that well in tournaments, and then got second place in playoffs. Um, I think it's probably safe to say uh, Optics should place pretty well. I, I would be excited to see Reignite do well. Um, I definitely want to say there's going to be a strong EU team that comes out on top. Alliance teams like that of the sorts and uh yeah i, I think it's probably going to be a, a na dominated team which one i don't know but i think it can be mainly na dominated yeah do you see um do you see any teams using like team comps that are not necessarily the meta is there anyone kind of trying to stick out or is everyone sticking to the same three legends to try to guarantee themselves success so that's that's a good question because I definitely think, uh, as some people in chat were saying, Fury is probably going to be the only standout team that's going to be running Seer. But I don't know if I would necessarily say that Furia, um would probably be the only standout team at this point. Because one, at least with Seer, assuming they run Mad Maggie at land, but just with Seer was kind of that like wild card pick that they pulled out during the qualifications and um, did extremely well with it when no one else was running it. But... Now a little bit of time has shifted. We've seen that Seer has come into meta a lot more, and he's become a lot stronger of a legend, and he's kind of been more of a threat. So with that being said, I don't know if they're going to be as like standout. But something that I did notice about Lan that I knew was going to happen, but wasn't sure who would do it. So you'll see a lot of people. If you guys are invested in Apex Legends competitive, you'll see throughout like scrims, smaller tournaments, and stuff like that. You'll see. Like all these big name teams, or even like smaller teams too, they'll start running like weird comps that don't make sense at all. And they'll try and like Bangalore and stuff like that. And everyone's like, oh my God, they're gonna be running Bangalore at LAN, like all this crazy stuff. And then you go to LAN and they're not running at all. I think TSM is a good example. You know, they were in scrims doing things like they were running like Horizon, um, Seer all these crazy comps and then when land came they stuck to like the old reliable land comp which was at, at first at least until uh, they switched i think at one point but they were doing ash bloodhound gibby like that was literally just 
that is the bare bones like backbone like comp that is like all reliable basically <clears throat> so it, it's weird to see so so many people try these like weird metas and be like yeah we're doing it at land we're doing it at land and then they just like don't so i'm not Do sure you... it's it's hard to see, answer that one so since you've played at land before and won at land before um and i was there in person do you think there's a different pressure that comes from a land tournament versus an online tournament or is it still the same pressure and um expectation online or land <clears throat> when it's for big money a big money tournament i think the expectation is kind of the same uh but i do it's it's completely different and i think at this point since we finally had a land tournament with uh playoffs too for the first time in apex competitive in three years i'm sure you can ask any of those players that have been playing the game for a long time you know what was that experience like how does it compare to online i'm sure every single player on that land roster list will tell you yeah it's just nothing like online tournaments it's a completely different environment because not only are you there's lights on you there's there's you can hear um like casters in the background you have ears plugged in with like airplane headphones on um you're not even at your own computer environment you're not you're not where you're comfortable you're you know at least when i was in land like poland for example like we were just sitting in like terrible sweating heat for like 12 hours at a time the food was terrible and yeah it, it was not a good experience i'm sure they definitely ramped it up because it's been four years um i didn't actually get to hear how much like of an experience it was but obviously I, we, we got to saw the set in playoffs too the set looked freaking awesome way better than um like a huge step up i mean the poland land was really cool the setup was really nice but um yeah it's not something you can prepare for i would say something that did help me a lot and i felt like helped a lot was actually streaming um to stream to an audience of a lot of viewers and especially at that time when my channel was growing a lot more i had hundreds of thousands like hundreds of viewers sometimes even thousands of viewers in my channel and that like pressure of knowing thousands of people are watching you some people it can be intimidating at first like when you're just starting out streaming and you're starting to see those numbers go up that can be intimidating or you get like some kind of big raid and it's like holy crap like i don't know what to do like <laughs> i had 10 <laughs> viewers two minutes ago and now i'm at like 500 like yeah some people get in their head about that a lot uh i i don't i don't think that it's that intense i i, I think um over time you just get adjusted to it you become comfortable and i think that was one thing that Kind of helped me prepare for land because i just kind of got in that mindset is like you know i have hundreds of people watching me online at home so it's not much different than having hundreds of people watch me in person you know it's not terribly different but um the pressure is it's, it's a weird thing in the air it's you, you can feel it pressure is insane it's very heavy for sure yeah so uh with the past few years i'm actually gonna piggyback off of chat here uh past few years there hasn't been able to be any land tournaments because of everything that happened with the pandemic and all that stuff like that so um what what do you feel the new players to land are going to experience because you have people like you and there are a lot of teams that played before the pandemic at a land tournament do you think it's going to be a struggle trying to get accustomed to that new environment for people who never have played at a land before but have been playing competitively or is it going to be 
just the same as any old tournament. They're just at a different setup. That's really hard to say because, I mean, that's like, it's a solid question because, so looking at playoffs too, and we haven't had land, we, we didn't have land up until recently uh, for like the last four years. And you saw, it's like a shakeup. It's kind of like a while. You don't really know what's going to happen because, for example, like when lands were a thing, TSM was the most dominant team in the game. They were winning everything when land was like a thing, right? And, uh, you know, this time land came around and they got sixth, which is, which is not a bad placement by any means. They still walked away with $45,000, which is 15 grand each, which is still like solid to walk away from. That's not a top ending top 10, close to top five. It's not a terrible day. You know, that's not something that you should be ashamed of, at least at a land situation I'm with like $2,000, million on the line, right? Um, but you have teams like Team Liquid who have no land experience other than Nocturnal. Nocturnal was the only one that had land experience because he's been on Team Liquid for longest time with the original roster, right, at, at, at Poland. So he was the only one on that roster that had land experience. Fun didn't, and neither did Guild, to my knowledge, at least, at least inside of an Apex sense, right? So with that being said, it was really interesting to see them play second place, you know? And even in, uh, if I remember correctly, I can see if I can find the stats here. If I remember correctly, they will, in their group stage, they were farming. Like, they did extremely well, even in their group stage. Uh, round one, they got first place. Round two, they got second. And then round three, they got sixth place, which overall, that would average to probably, like, what? Like, an average placement of, like, third or something? Third or fourth? Which is not bad at all. They have no land experience. Uh, so it, it's kind of up in the air. It's really how they handle those emotions. The same thing goes with uh, Optic Gaming. You know, I don't think anyone on that roster has experience with land. Dupe and Skittle were new to the game. They just started playing in competitive right like after COVID hit with the original signing to uh I think they were on team Razor, I believe, on Esports Arena, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong on that. But anyways, uh let me see if I can actually figure that out because I don't want to mess that up. It's this should be on here. Intel. It was Intel. It was Team Intel. They started doing really well. Then they got signed to ESA. They got signed to ESA, by the way. If anyone doesn't know why they got signed to Esports Arena, um, from my understanding, it's actually pretty simple. When there was a qualification for, I think, some major champion playoff tournament or something like that, Team Intel was the literal only team out of every signed team that esports arena signs out of like all those partners they were the only one that made it to that uh land or not the land sorry the like major whatever it was at that time because it was like over a year ago so i don't i don't remember what it was but since they were the only team that uh qualified i think it was aogs uh split one for pro league uh they were just like well since we only have one team let's just you know esports arena tag it so that's kind of how esports arena came um from that but yeah long story short Optic Gaming did not have a bad performance at all. Pulled out a fourth place at land. No land experience. Luminosity, three stack roller. So it's not really hard for them, anyways. I don't think they have controllers, or they don't. I don't think they have land experience. Energy got seventh. Kind of up in the air. And Sweet has land experience. Uh, Cloud Nine is a roster that, if you want to solely talk about land experience, did underperform. They got tenth. Not a bad placement at the end of the day, but. For a two or third roster, because I don't think Naughty does. Zach and Alb have plenty 
of land experience so i kind of expected a little bit more out of them um alliance as well 100 thieves was a very surprising roster did well at land um i'm just pointing things out that just kind of like cater towards this question i think ssg uh space station gaming uh i think rex and dropped again they've had land experience since the game came out i remember when i first got signed to clg and my first event was x games and both of them were there i think frex was signed to oh man i think it was luminosity i think or was it original c9 oh now i'm curious i gotta find out <laughs> let me look let me look let me look it's gonna drive me I it was cloud help. nine it was cloud nine with grego and oh my god what was his name grego and op oh my lord Jeez, what was that anyways three three years ago four years ago yeah it's been a long time um so yeah long story short to just wrap that up um it's really a wild card i think teams with land experience have a higher probability and are a safer bet on doing well and performing but you never know what team is going to shake things up you never know what team is going to actually find that groove and you also it's also important to remember not only are they about finding comfortability and confidence because that is the major key it's also about like we play a br there's rng there's 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 randomness there's things that we cannot control and sometimes for these teams that don't have the experience things can just go well for them they get a good zone pull they you know what i mean they they, they you know it, it's random they might get lucky so you know things happen like that but sam i think we have our yes so uh we have our first question from a ticket holder um, their <laughs> alias is going to be satellite here. So I think it looks like we got satellite in here already. Satellite. Is that you that I, that I'm hearing right now? Yeah, maybe. Hello. Good evening. How are you doing? <laughs> hello. What's hey, up? Hey, hey, what's up, dude? What's up? Hey, what's guys? Good? Hello. Hello. Good evening. Yeah. Uh, well, like, uh, the first question is a little bit deep, like, uh, as a competitive player, um, the most of uh, the, the players, in my opinion, are struggling uh, with the mood and uh, the vibing. Like uh, for a big tournament, uh, tournament uh, like what's upcoming right now, like it's a lot of money. Oh dear, like uh, so much money. Uh, pretty much nobody is earning uh, that amount uh, in one year. Like, are you a little bit uh, nervous? Like, I mean, how do you deal with this pressure? I mean, like you have your fixing costs, you have family madness. Uh, and uh, like, how do you deal with uh, this kind of pressure? Like you have to uh, place yourself in, yeah, you need to do something, you need to perform well, uh, stuff like this. Like, um, how do you deal with this pressure? And uh, what you're gonna do if uh, the, the tide is uh, going away and uh, the mood is uh, dropping down like for example and rank it like i've uh, i'm a yeah i will not say like a huge fan but like i'm i'm uh, watching your youtube stuff and uh, like your aiming guides uh, it experience me and stuff like this watching you here and there on twitch and stuff and uh, learned uh, a lot but um, about the mentally factor as well and uh, like i'm wondering what are you guys doing on this high level of apex uh, like if something is not gonna went well and the pressure and you have 10 
20 bad games or a bad day like how do you deal with it like not not as you mentioned in your videos like uh, you have the one guy who's cheering up everybody and yeah let's go come on uh, we got it yeah. we got it like how do you deal with with all this uh, mentally pressure you know like it's for me myself it's uh, not so easy to understand yeah that's a great so question that's a, that's actually a great question i feel like there's a lot of information that people can take away from that question uh so to start there's a lot of things that first of all actually before i get this out of the way i really appreciate you for not only being here um and purchasing a ticket and, and just you know all that supporting prediction and stuff like that but more most important like i really appreciate you supporting me uh and that really does mean a lot uh to me and my career so thank you for that um no you're welcome so what i want to really get into is that is a good question and that's like that's that's true that's that's a very good question because we're getting into the point to where these land tournaments like first place for championship in five days is first place is five hundred thousand dollars you know if, if you're looking at splitting that between three people that is one hundred and thirty three thousand dollars that you would be roughly getting that is life changing money that is that is like you put that away you can that's like a third i, I don't know not, not in today's economy i was, I was gonna say like that's in my house and i'm like i was gonna say a third of a house i was like nah like houses well, are could, stupid busted right now but it'll get you yeah, a good that's long. it that's the yeah. big shot that's it yeah but anyways yeah you, you you can take care of yourself you can take care of yourself for a long time that gives you time that gives you comfortability that gives you um a fallback just protection so yes there there is a lot to think about but the the most important thing is i can promise you is like the players that do well at land are not thinking about that because if i'm at land and i'm thinking dude if i throw this game i'm not making 100 like i'm not making 500k if that's what you're thinking you are gonna die so fast you're gonna panic you're not you're gonna lose your concentration you're not gonna be able to think correctly so what a lot of the player, like a lot of the players, do in the pro scene, and what and, and the way they manage that is, you need to try your best to just put yourself in your own element. Imagine it's just a regular online tournament. Um, obviously take it seriously, don't troll, but you you put yourself in a space where it's like you're just playing, play the game that you know how to play, perform how you know how to perform, and let the rest do itself. And for example, for me, that I can actually tap into my own past experience for um champ uh was it champs whatever whatever that trophy up there got me i, I playoffs i think <laughs> when we were on when we were on match point and we knew we had to just win the game to win the entire tournament what i like i i, I genuinely just shut my brain off i did not think about the money at all because you, you need to understand like if you are meant to win you will win if you're meant to win and you have practiced you let that win come to you and i i was not thinking about the money because the whole time i'm sitting in this uh top like 82 in the end game with team liquid above us and it's like top three mm -hmm. i'm like trying so hard to think like dude I, like i can't i need to focus on winning this i cannot think about this money because if we close this out this would be huge and that was after coming mm -hmm. off of an aogs win previously after that we like we were winning everything so long story short what i'm telling what i'm trying to say is me and other pro players, what they will do is they will just try to shut that part of their brain off. Like, do not allow those thoughts to come in about the money. Just do what you have that you know you've practiced. You know, do like, what like, you know you've worked for. 
uh, uh, do I uh, could uh, interrupt you? Like uh, if it, it it is uh, pretty much excuse me my bad English. <laughs> uh, it is uh, pretty much pretty much like uh, just uh, like playing your cards, you know. Like uh, for example, yeah. like you you and your team, your your pretty decent fraggers. Uh, I've seen it in, in all your few streams. Like uh, repositioning yourself, stuff like this. Like is it uh, pretty much like uh, like just playing down uh, uh, your way of playing the game and and trusting in your teammates, like. Uh, And just making your own show and and putting away all that pressure, all what's what's next to you, like what about the 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 bills of the houses or what about the kids or stuff like this? Like you're just making your show right here and you're focusing right now and and you're just uh, yeah put everything beside. Like like uh, how do you do it? Like uh, how do you dive into uh, that mood into that um, yeah feeling? Like uh, I'm here, I'm here right now. I'm just playing my cards on the table. This is my table. I'm doing my thing, and this is how, how it goes. And that's gonna end well and stuff. Like, um, how do you put yourself into uh, this uh, kind of mood? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I think the biggest thing that helps me specifically is I. It's important. What's helped me in the past when I've won tournaments is I just get in this mindset of if I'm meant to win, if I'm meant to be successful, if I'm meant to pop off, it'll happen. And with that knowing in mind, it's everything else is just about learning, right? So if I don't perform and I don't pop off, it's a learning experience. And I walk away from that wondering what did I do wrong? What could have done differently? And what should I know for the future? Um, I think that's a big thing and I'm sure you can even I don't know I feel like I have a video where we talk about our winnings or show our winnings mm, there's yes, yes, yes. said that like I I say that you know if we're meant to win we will especially on a match for match point format I usually just like say like play for a second if we win we win you know <laughs> but that like you're right like you you just it, there's a lot to think about and what's helped me is like I said is that mindset of just knowing if I'm meant to win I will You know, I don't think about the the money. I just try not to, you know, put myself in the headspace of let whatever is meant to happen, happen. Don't force it. Don't do all these crazy things and don't let the pressure succumb to you. Just relax. Do everything that you've practiced and everything that feels natural to you. And again, if you feel confident in the work you've been putting in, you will provide results. Uh, it's just, you just, you really need to just shut yourself off and, not focus too hard it's like when you're i'm trying to think of a good example but it's just something along the lines when you you really want a team to win you have mo like you have money on the line you bet on the team you know whatever like they need to win they need to win i can't i don't care about anything else like you cannot allow yourself to be in that kind of mindset you just need to say like well if they win they win if they don't they don't everything in this space you have time um something that's helped me a lot is when we've underperformed in tournaments i feel like wow this is over that was my only chance Uh, you know, but something that has really helped bring me back is to realize there's going to be more tournaments. There's going to be more opportunities to win. There's going to be more opportunities to prove myself and more importantly, more opportunities to learn. And I think knowing that there's always a second chance, there's always more tournaments. And as long as the game's going, there's going to be tournaments. And, you know, it, it, it's it, even for now, for your circumstance specifically, when you're talking about land and all that pressure and the amount of money, 
you can even look at the same scenario. This is not going to be the only Apex land. This is not going to be the only finals, you know? And if this is what you enjoy doing, then you'll have more opportunities to make the money and you'll have more opportunities to grow. So again, it's just important to not look at it as like, this is the only chance I'll ever get in my entire freaking lifetime. You know, there, there, there'll be more. Yeah. yeah exactly, I, hope, I hope that explains exactly. it well, though. I hope that it yeah. answers your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, I have uh, one or two uh, other questions. Uh, okay. For for example, um, like uh, what what drives your passion about Apex? Like like uh, becoming one of the best fraggers uh, into Apex, into the Apex scene. Like uh, not uh, only far away at uh, from USA. Like uh, as well in Germany, uh, we are here. Know your name. Like. Uh, We are watching, we are seeing uh, you're one of uh, the best fraggers, uh, not even uh, in Ranked uh, as well in LGS uh, and uh, not uh, in my age only, like I'm 28, but they are like uh, 76 in your skill. Like I can talk to uh, on, on Twitter or in stream and uh, they ask, yo, madness, dude, like what is this guy? Who is this? Like, uh, tell me, tell me. And yeah. like, uh, where where uh, does it come from? Before uh, you met your wife, or uh, after it, and she says like, "Oh, video games? Nah, I don't like it." Where where did this love for Apex comes from? What makes your uh, passion like? How how did it become like like that you're so uh, driven into Apex? Like you I never told it... on YouTube, not so far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So um, I think it just comes from the fact that there's just nothing else out there that is as nothing. And that's the way Apex, that's the reason Apex is still a game that is doing as well as it's doing. And it's why it's continuing to be such a successful game is because there's nothing else on the market that is that fast paced. You know, I tried getting into competitive shooters before uh, Apex. Like I tried, you know, Fortnite competitive a little bit. I got into Rainbow Six Siege competitive a little bit. It was just too slow paced for me. I did not like the feel, the movement, and I, did, I just did not like the way the game was played at the top kind of level. And when I got to experience Apex, it was this fast pace. It's all about insanely fast re reaction time, like tracking. It's just fast. It's not slow. There's nothing slow about it. It's a quick experience that is, it, it just, you get satisfaction so quick. It, it's so quick to get that dopamine rush of just killing somebody so quickly compared to other games. And I think that's just one of the sole reasons that it's just been awesome to learn. And it just started as that passion. Like I said, it, it was fun and it was something new. And eventually I just got really freaking good at it. And it felt so good <laughs> to just roll people all the time. So <laughs> it was awesome. It, it, was, it was a great experience. And I, I think it's just because, like I said, there's nothing else out there. I love competitive shooters. I always have. I played CSGO for years. And... It just was the first time something felt natural. You know, I didn't have to put these hours, ungodly hours, forcing myself. I just naturally did it. it the game just felt natural to me from the very beginning, from the first time I played it. And I think um, that that's just the main reason. I kind of got lucky because I'll be honest, my passion for games dies very quickly. Any game that I've ever played, like I said, CSGO, Rainbow Six Siege, Fortnite, any kind of game, I get bored of them very quickly. The fact that I've been able to put almost 6,000 hours into a game over the last four years is mind-blowing to me because I've never I've never been that addicted to a game in my entire life. A lot of hours. Yeah. A lot of hours. <laughs> you bet. 
Well, that's that's kind of crazy. Like, like uh, I I played myself a lot of uh, CS:GO, but uh, sadly they uh, changed uh, the sounds of the guns, and uh, then I switched from CS:GO to Rainbow Six Siege. But uh, I left this game as well, and then I came to Apex, playing it uh, since season one. Uh, with a little bit of a stop, World's Edge. I don't like it. I know you're gonna hate me for this now, but I'm the one guy who's saying World's Edge is not my map. I don't like it. It's pretty ugly. It's ugly. It's not bad to play, but it's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and everybody yeah, like it. beautiful women, and so I like my maps. Beautiful. And not <laughs> as ugly yeah. as World's Edge. I'm that's sorry, fair. but it, it, yeah, that's fair. Exactly. Yeah, but. All right, but um, <laughs> yeah so let's get to your last question and then we want to answer some twitch questions and i think we yeah have of course else, of course happen. yeah uh what do you think uh, is gonna happen after this uh upcoming uh tournament like where will be a renegade uh, be a, uh what about your future what do you think uh where will you be like in uh, like i know it's a unfair question something you're you're asking your employees uh you know in a big company stuff like this but uh, like we are all and uh, i'm especially interested in like what will be uh, in two months in one month like uh, what do you think um yeah so that's a good question i i so this is the <laughs> I know they, they, the Apex <laughs> seems pretty surprised by it, but um, I I think Sykes does not have a lot of tier one experience um, in competitive, but he but you're is doing well. yeah, but he is very quickly learning how to perform in that competitive environment, and me and Pow feel like it's worth taking that investment onto him and teaching him and showing him kind of like how the yeah, original CLG you, you say was. You say it on your uh, uh, on your last video on YouTube, like yeah. uh, like uh, this is uh, the way you go, like a vibing squad and uh, like the chemistry is working out and uh, like uh, everybody is uh, yeah working together. And uh, how much uh, potential do you see in um, it? Yeah, I I think once we nail everything down and already like we we've get we've gotten small glimpses in in the high tier lobbies of performing, I I think it's this is easily a roster that can be top ten, top five, uh, top five in North America, no problem. Uh, just competitive needs to start up again so we can actually prove that because yeah, there's nothing sure, going sure, on. Sure, sure, sure. So, but yeah, I, th I think in a few months' time, once AOGS hopefully starts back up, there's nothing announced yet as as far as when the next season of AOGS starts. But once it does start back up. I'm I'm very confident that this is going to be a roster that is top five, no doubt, for sure. But I think hopefully that wraps everything up and answers all your questions. Um, yes. For real, yes. Thank you so much for supporting me. It really means a oh, lot. And uh, thank you for th being here. Thank you for having me here and uh, like for the opportunity you gave me yeah. uh, on Twitter. Like, uh, thanks a lot. Big shout yeah, of course. out. And uh, yeah. Thanks a lot, Madness. Yeah, of course. Because he is you. Soon. Yep. <laughs> Have yeah. a good one, Satellite. Thank you so much for coming. So we got a question from actually the prediction chat. Um, we are going to be answering questions from Twitch chat here in a minute. Um, but this first question from the prediction chat. So this is for you, Madness. Um, hello, this is a cool event. Glad to be a part of this. There's been a rise in non-Gibby comps during scrims recently. Do you think that will last and we'll see some variety at LAN? Or do you think everyone will end up reverting back to Valk Gibby Flex? 
Yeah, so that's kind of an answer. That's that's kind of a question that we were talking about a little bit earlier, and I definitely think more so. Yes, that's going to be how that's going to turn out. Uh, I I think you're you're just seeing people do these weird sort of comps. I mean, like I said before, I think you'll see like Seer, um, and stuff like that. But I guess that would kind of answer that flex sort of role there. I think for the most part, you're going to be sticking to Valk and Gibby. I think you'll maybe see some rosters stray. I, I've been seeing some people stray away from valk on world's edge and switching out uh valk for caustic and then they have that like uh beacon scanning character which they could put in a valk sometimes they do as well uh if they want to keep they want to maintain that rotation so i think you could maybe see like no valk on maybe a roster or so on at land but i think there's some did any i wonder if there's i don't know i don't have the stats offhand but I don't know. It, there might have been a few teams. I think everyone ran Gibby at land, I think. I would have loved to have seen the uh, character composition stats, but I don't have that offhand. But I think for the most part, you're going to see mainly everyone reverting back to, like I said, that backbone, comp back backbone comp of, you know, Val Gibby needed or rotates bubbles. Because uh, the main thing, reason, like, people are going to run Gibby because they don't want to make mistakes. And if they do make a mistake, Gibby allows them to fix that mistake. And I think everyone's going to be focusing on that as well. Okay, so actually this, this next question does have to do with team comp, so I'm going to continue straight on to that one so we can continue on the same topic here. So this one's actually from Feige, um, who we recognize. <sighs> we both recognize from our chat. So his question is, with Furia starting the Valk, Seer, Maggie comp and TSM adopting it, do you think they have an edge over teams since they have an advantage over other teams? Or since with the lack of scrims, they will be at a disadvantage. So, will they have an edge over teams? Or because of lack of scrims, will they be at a disadvantage? With that, the Valkyrie Maggie comp. Yeah, that, that really just come That'll just slowly come down to playing it. And if there's no scrim, I mean, there has been scrims as of lately. They've been running them the last, like, week. And I don't know what their I haven't been watching too much of scrims, so I don't know what their success was with that comp. I think when I watched them yesterday a little bit, they weren't running it. Uh, again, TSM is more than well known for to be a roster throughout time who has just in and out tried comps randomly. They just randomly throw things together, see if it works, and if it doesn't, uh, you know they switch. Like I, you know, we've seen at points where even Snipedown was playing Wraith and Hal wasn't. You know, we've seen situations where Reps is IGLing and Hal isn't. You know, they're a team that's been well-known to just switch everything up and try every reiteration of what they're doing to see if somehow that ceiling is able to be pushed a little bit farther. Uh, so I think if they are going to commit to that comp, they would be at a disadvantage for not having a solid amount of scrim practice, but it really depends on how they did in scrims, how they felt using it, as well as, like... Are they even playing it in ranks? Like it's a character that you got to be comfortable. With. I think the biggest thing about success on character comps is just understanding comfort, like comfort, like comfortability, and knowing how to use, you know, that comp. I think is is very important. Okay, so I actually have a good question from Twitch chat this time, so I'm going to use this one real quick. Um, so. For people that are trying to get better at the game, get into competitive maybe, or just improve in general, um, would you say they could use custom, like a custom game to study the map 
and end circles, would that be helpful and beneficial? Or do you think they should stick with the good old way of learning and just play the game and live out the, the matches, how they go and study through that way instead? Yeah, so that's a good question because I would say yes and no. And what I mean by that is customs could help understanding the map, yes. Because under, in a circumstance of understanding the map, you can just free roam around. You can turn off no ring. You can turn on no ring. And then you can just run around the map. Look for, like, that's what I've done before. Like, I'll run around the map and just look for spots that look like they're holdable. <clears throat> Excuse me. That look like they're holdable in certain situations. And just learning where crevices are, ledges are, head glitches are, you know, rat spots even. So running on customs with no ring, that would help that circumstance of just learning the map, learning where spots are and how to get there and stuff like that. That's really good. That's amazing. We've, we've done that all the time. You know, even as a roster, we will go into customs together and look for Valcult rotates. Like, I think I've done streams where I've even showed myself doing it where I've... You know, I'll bring either one of my idiot teammates, because one's in the chat, to <laughs> on a customs with me. I'll ash roll to a spot, and then we Valkyl to see if that's a spot that we can actually do. Um, so that's really good to do as a team as well, because you can collectively learn things as a team. Uh, so with that being said, that that side of it, that part of that question, yes, customs will help. But I think if you want to learn map knowledge as far as like rotates go and zones specifically you got to think their zones don't close faster in customs than they do in ranked so for that reason if you're able to play the game ranked you will have it's, it takes the same amount of time so at least you can gain more out of ranked versus just going to custom i mean i guess maybe if you're not doing anything you're maybe you're working and you have apex on your second monitor and you open it you open the game and have the ring closed and you're just afk doing work and you're just looking over like oh, okay that's the zone whatever maybe like if you really want to like nail that down while gaming like min maxing but long story short for learning zones i would just play ranks or even pubs <coughs> because specifically ranks let's say you're in a circumstance where you're in a zone like a, that you don't know and you die because you don't know the zone because you died and even like lost something out of it, like lost RP, lost the game, whatever, that moment, that zone will stick to you more. It'll be more, uh, it, it, it'll, I can't think of a word that's like brighter. It's, I, I can't think of a better word for that. But long story short, like uh -huh. it'll stand out more in your brain because you died there and because it cost <sighs> you the game versus just sitting in a custom lobby and just watching the ring close. That's something that's helped me in competitive specifically. Like when we've done scrims, um, if we died in a spot where the, I don't know the zone and I end up seeing where the zone pulls, 90% of the time, that's how I learned zones was just every time we die, because when I was on the original CLG roster with Wig and Noko, we died all the fucking time off drop. So I had a lot of time to learn zones and that helped me a lot, I would say. So I, I, if, if you want to learn zones, I would just play ranks. If you want to just learn, understand the map and know all the little nooks and crannies, yeah, customs is great. For sure. All right. And then, so the next question that we have is actually going to be from Prediction. Uh, it's going to be a voice, a vocal question from Josh. So if we are ready to get Josh up in here for this question. Hello, hello. How you doing, hello. Josh? Hey, Josh. <laughs> hey, guys. So actually, this is a question that I don't think I've ever had a chance to ask you directly in our conversations. Um, 
the new format for the ALGS season where, you know, each week gives you a certain number of points and stuff like that. I've heard a lot of positive and negative feedback. What is your personal opinion on it? I know I have some of my own and have shared them with EA yeah. directly, but curious, like, what you feel is your thoughts on it? Because I know it, it's a kind of a hit or miss and make or break. Yeah. So I want to see if I can pull up the point distribution to see it precisely. What I will say is when that, when that, point, when that point format first came out, where you had like 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 in the the split that I played with Rambo and Noct, uh, mm -hmm. when it was like if you got sixteenth to twentieth, you got zero points. If you got fifteenth to eleventh, you got one. Or like, you know, like situations like that. Like that was terrible. That I hated that so much. That was such a terrible format because mm -hmm. you would have teams who would get seventh place get the same amount of points as a team who got sixth place. So you're not, a, like, even when you're getting into that top 10, top five, you're not rewarding players anymore for getting that one better placement. And mm -hmm. I thought that was just a terrible format. Because even even so, like, if, if you want to go a little bit of a step further, you know, back then too, eighth place to 10th place was only two points. I would argue that it's way better to get eighth than 10th. You know, it's it's you're breaking into that top 10. You know, that's a little bit better of a performance to not get top 10, but to get rewarded the same, it doesn't really reward that better performance. But, like I said, that format was terrible. I do think the new format is a lot better. Again, it rewards every single, like, uh, every single placement individually. So I think that is, like, really good. I want to see, I'm trying to find, like, split two of Pro League. Oh, here it is. Yeah. So, no, and on that point, one of the suggestions yeah. I made is because what they were trying to do with that was mimic your placements in-game. So, you know, 16 to 20 in-game got you zero points unless you got a kill. So the one thing I brought up is, well, why not add kills into points? Because the problem that I, the main problem I had is if you got first, but by very little, had very little kills, you'd get the same points as somebody who literally dominated their week in like week three got 100 yeah. more kills so my thought is you know one kill gets you one point in a standard game so why not like 10 kills in a week get you an additional point and it would have changed some of the minor tweaks and it wouldn't have overall changed a lot of the standings but it would have added some teams who play for kills because it didn't award you for playing for kills your kills overall didn't matter they mattered in that given week to get your placement for that week but it didn't matter as a six-week stretch so teams would be like well we just need to hide, get placement points, and win where it didn't drive the kill counts, which I think Apex is at its best when there's 10 teams going for chills and 10 teams playing for spots because then you get a lot of weird engagements, and that's what makes it fun to watch as a viewer, not necessarily as a player because that can be yeah. who's coming. Yeah. But from, a, from a viewer standpoint, it's, the, it's <laughs> it makes it the most fun to watch when you don't know what a team's thinking when they're two sitting on top of each other in the same building or something because one team's trying for kills and one team may not be. Yeah, I definitely think that they've done a, like a better job originally. Like again, moving from that old format to the new one because I think you do get rewarded a little bit better for getting those kills. And I think Apex, at its core, competitiveness should be a fine balance between kills and placement. Like I feel like that's like at heart the best team in my eyes. What would be quote as the best team would be the team that has a perfect balance between consistent placements as well as consistent kills. Uh, there's a lot of teams out there that are really good on getting kills, but they're not good on closing out on end games. There's a lot of teams that are just able to close out an end game, but not get any kills and reward because they just rotate early, set in that zone, and get no points for that. Um, I think that's where Apex should reward the players the most. Like, 
it'd be really interesting to see a competitive format similar to how they did ranked actually where kills multiply how much rp you get based on that placement so if you get like a really good placement the kills multiply how many points you got for that placement so if i was able to get like six seven kills but close it out in a first place you know that really will multiply that amount of points that i earned for that game so i think that like that would be a really good scenario where consistency and placement as well as maintaining and getting kills is what's going to reward the players consistently and the most above all so i think really interesting to see how that would work out for some people yeah i think you'd have to increase like total points and stuff like that where you'd have to yeah that would definitely have to be like an inflated thing you'd have to inflate the scores but i think that like a first place with 10 kills should be better should not get the same amount of kill points as 15th place with 10 kills because you obviously had to do a lot more to get your 10 kills and survive on yeah yeah i can agree i can agree with that for sure yeah that definitely that definitely makes sense for sure yeah well i appreciate it guys and the cool event and obviously you know we'll talk soon (laughs) all right thank you so much josh yeah. Um, so before we uh, move too far past, I do have one more question from the prediction chat. Um, I think so. There's a team called Singularity, right? Uh-huh. So now that they're not a duo anymore, do you think that they're going to be able to go far, or will yeah, not let me look, change? Let me look into that quick. So what were their performances at? Let's tap into the performances a little bit. Group stage results. Well, I guess you said they were a, they were a duo at Lan, huh? Yeah, so I guess they just, I can't actually look at their results too much. Um, Elysium's one of the best in the game. I've known about... I, I've been good friends with uh, Besk for a long time. Is he still on that roster? Yeah, he is. I've known Besk for a long time. Uh, he supported me, and I obviously supported him. And it was really cool to start supporting him and seeing that, you know, Brazilian community kind of start showing me support, and, like, they were, like, really excited because... At that time, when I started supporting him, he like it, there wasn't much of like a cross between regions of players like supporting each other. It was kind of just like you're in your own region, like clicks sort of. Um, so I got to know Besk a little bit, and I you know I re- I respect him as a player, and uh, you know I support him. So I think yeah, I think they can do well. Who did they? Let me see exactly if I can find out who they picked up. So Elysium was the person that they, you know, they picked up. Is that who that is? Joint date? No, it's not. Or is it? Who's their nerve third? Or is it just someone that wasn't playing at that time? Um, I think Arton's pretty good too. I've known about him. I think he's been in the game since like day one. He's been active since 2019. So yeah, he's been in the game for three years. I recognize that name. And looking at the scores, you know, they dominated their region. I mean, to be fair, it's kind of like they're they were always in their own region, so it was kind of fair, or it was kind of like busted. So. Um, it is bro, your girl's getting in here, dude. What the heck, man? Spoiler alert, bro. <laughs> I thought we were gonna freaking what's Sorry. the heck, man? <laughs> Supposed to be like oh, a little man. surprise, you know, whatever, dude. Uh, well, are you ready for her? They said it. Are you Uh-oh. ready for her? He's already in here. Oh, she's already in here. So, Natalie, we have Natalie, ladies and gentlemen, in the chat. In our pleasure to meet you. Hello, ready to ask a question. <laughs> Wow, I'm so honored to be on this call with two incredible <laughs> gamers and people. Um, my question is, so I don't know that much about the esports world, 
But um, I do want to ask, so being on a team, what is the team sort of doing to like better the players? Are they solely relying on like putting on experienced, you know, players to kind of come into like a leadership position or like what is the team actually doing to better the players other than just kind of letting them do their thing? So I can't help but laugh because I see Sam laughing. But, um, so by team, do you mean like the organization, like reaching out to the players and trying to improve them? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like what does the organization do for the players? Yeah. Somewhat like, do you guys have like a coach Yes. or, okay. Just kind of wondering like what that dynamic, like what are they bringing to like better you guys as players? And like, for example, like how is your team doing something different than say like TSM or like these other like bigger teams? Yeah. So that's a good question. And I, I think that's something that um, really helps a lot of teams, especially in so- certain circumstances is um, not all organizations have a coach. I'd rather make sure that's stated as well. And that a lot of organizations don't have those resources available to them, which is unfortunate because I feel like it helps the players a lot. Um, so for us specifically, we have a, uh, we have a coach on, he's not a BR coach, but he kind of just oversees, you know, us and everything that's going on. Shout out mm. Lachlan. Um, <laughs> he, he's basically like our mental health kind of coach is what he kind of like focuses on. So he'll do check-ins with us and make sure like mentally, are we okay? Is there anything going on? Do we need someone to just talk to and vent about things and get some kind of life advice? You know, he'll go over nutrition stuff with us, you know, looking into, bettering our our life off the game you know what can we be doing to maintain and keep ourselves motivated feeling good mentally good you know like in a in a good spot uh so we have access to those resources and even if he doesn't have access to those resources and doesn't know about it he he has other people in that coaching kind of space that he can get that information from as well but um that is something as us as renegades we have access to uh and like i said not everyone has access to that so um yeah, so you, you definitely will have always someone and in some circumstance you'll have like, and that's the other thing that I like about uh, Renegades as well, because you have not only just this specific person like uh, working for that role, like you'll even have the GM, you know, and, and the owners and stuff like that. They will reach out and ask you those same sort of questions like, are you okay? How are you doing? How are you guys feeling? Are you looking forward to anything? You know, you know what's going yeah. on? Can I, can I be there? So, can I help? Yeah, just I'd, to cut you off really quick, sorry. But... Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> sorry. So, um, okay. just to like compare, uh, to like I guess like the biggest teams, uh, right now. What do you think they're implementing that might be different? Like, what do you think they're really adding to make them better teams, other than maybe just having more money to work with? Like, what do you think they would be like adding to their players? Yeah, so I know some circumstances you'll have like Team Liquid, they'll have like an actual specific coach for the roster, like a BR designated Apex coach, um, like Hotsik. Um, and, and what he basically does for that team is he will um, study other teams for them, provide input on what those teams are doing, how they function, what they do, how they play. He will study other things for them, like zones, um, co- character comps. Um, he will VOD review everything for them, take viable notes that they might have not have been able to take away from that. And that's something that uh, some coaches will be able, like sp- some specific Apex design coaches will be able to do from the players, which allows 
you know, it, it helps a lot because then the players don't have to do it. They can focus more so on just improving their individual game. Those back-end things will be done for them because I will say personally, those are very time-consuming things to VOD review, get the mm -hmm. team together, talk it through, you know, uh, watch what other teams are doing, learn. Like, that's a lot of... It's, like, just as much as playing the game. So coaches can kind of take that edge off and just give you like a short, quick summary and feed you that information. It's kind of like a cheat code, really. So it's really good to have. If, if It's really nice to have, I should say, if people have access to those resources. Cool. Well, that was my only question. That was it. Well, okay. thank you, Natalie. Well, thank thanks for so joining much. that. I appreciate <laughs> thank it. Thank you. Actually, <laughs> I, I think having a mental health coach is really huge because you've seen it in the past where some players mental health really affected the team in a major way so i think that was a great yeah. question i think mental health coaches are a huge thing when it comes to gaming because when you dedicate your life to a video game you forget to take care of yourself i think in a lot oh, of yeah, cases for sure so that's a good question shout out sam's girlfriend shout out shout out fiance. my fiance there fiance there's a ring uh, on that well, thing, okay? yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. don't right. say ring pop okay anyway <laughs> We got uh, our next question is actually gonna be from C4 Mailman, who's a huge supporter in both of My our channels. Boy! A longtime supporter in both of our channels. So we got C4 Mailman um, with a vocal question, with a voice question. I don't know why I'm saying that, but I said it already. So. I think it's because I said it earlier, and you're just like, Did you? Dang, I don't know. I did. I don't know why, but I did. But C4 Mailman, is he, do we have him working? I heard that we had his voice working, but I don't see him speaking. I see him in here, but he's not saying anything. Oh, we had to give him a chance. <laughs> I was hoping you would give him a chance. Yeah, I, I was waiting for a little bit of pause. Yeah, his mic might be busted. But... No, I think his <laughs> I think his stuff might be a little broken. <laughs> I think. Um, um, do we know his question? I don't know. No, I don't think we know his question. Um. So, we can just go to his channel. Yeah, we can. Uh, while one. we fix, while, while yeah, we mailman's fix, actually trolling. Yeah, mailman is trolling currently. Um, so Feckler, we actually did talk about singularity earlier. Um, so I'm not sure if we should go back to that. Um, no, we don't have to. So I'm gonna ask you a quick question while we fix mailman's troll. Um. How has being an IGL changed from when you first started to today? Like when you first started playing competitively, being an IGL? Yeah. So I think that dynamic has really changed a lot. Um, back with being an IGL, like when I was performing a, like a really well, and I've talked about this on several occasions where teams who performed, they... All they had to know was zones and reaction time. You know what I mean? That's that's it. Like th th those things helped you. Just had to be a leader, being an effective leader, and just knowing zones and just getting there. That was it. Like I would just prioritize zone rotations over every other team, and I got an end game every single game, and I just it, it just was easy. Now that dynamics a lot more changed. Teams have caught on. The game has evolved. That skill ceiling has that average skill ceiling of each player has gotten extremely high. So. In most circumstances, in most circumstances, sorry, you cannot just rotate to any zone that you want to. You it actually requires the ability to 
accept that you're not going to get a god spot accept that you're not going to get the best spot in the game and just learn how to play around the spots that are already all taken and learning how to play edge and call edge when you're not able to get into a good spot is something that i think is really made or break rosters and ig their igl roles at this point um I, so i would say it's not so much that the igls have changed it's more so the dynamic of how the game is played has changed drastically that's sick that's really good timing <laughs> <laughs> Uh, TK, type your question real quick, and we'll go to Sloss right now. Um, how do you feel about the future of the game? As yeah. far as developers and the communication between Respawn and the community regarding ranked changes, weapons in and out of care packs, shadow nerfing loot pools and POIs, etc. Where is the game going? Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's like good. <laughs> like like people it, it kind of sucks this is like really messed up to say but it's people people don't see everything because they're casuals and like there is a a lot of actual ongoing communication that goes on between the developers and the players uh mainly from an org perspective like you were hearing josh talk about it a little bit earlier um there is ongoing conversations that go on between ea and organizations basically almost daily um providing input on what the game could be doing better for the organizations what the game can be doing better as far as fixing things because the players kind of report to the orgs and the orgs kind of report to ea or if you're a little bit bigger and have that kind of connection established you can really just the players can sometimes just talk to the devs themselves and provide that feedback um mainly if it's constructive so with that being said uh it, there is communication that does exist uh between devs and the players it just doesn't get seen by you know casual players and you know some of your content creators on twitch Right, so that's why that kind of narrative kind of gets created from. Uh, so there is communication that goes on. I think it, it's a very hard thing to talk about, and it's a very hard thing to figure out and like really provide a solid answer because you got to also understand like pro players. While this game is a competitive game, it is not what's making them money. Right, uh, competitive is solely an investment as far as advertising goes. I'm sure. I, I obviously we know EA is doing uh, everything. You know, like. How do I want to word this? Um, like we know EA has a lot of money, right? And we know they have a lot of other platforms other than just Apex, and they're providing, you know, like as you see, these two million dollar prize pools. And I think that they I don't know if they did it for champs. Not sure. I, I don't know if they did it for every team, but I heard that they did a thing where like the top 20 teams or whatever or something like that got, you know, EA paid for all of their travel funds and everything like that for LAN, you know what I mean? Um, so, uh, like I said, there, there, there's, there, there's a lot of things that they do do that, that kind of goes unseen. There's a lot of things that they don't do too well that does unfortunately get seen. And that's, that's the unfortunate thing that's very common in, the, in, in just the world as is. Positive things usually go unnoticed. Negative things are usually something that gets lifted up into the light a lot more. And that's mm -hmm. kind of like the narrative that happens with all these video games, right? Um, People are easier to, you know, put someone down than praise them for their work. That's just how the world is, unfortunately. But yep. with that being said, you know, there's a lot of steps. There's a lot of things that go into hand. And it's also important to send, like I said, EA is investing a lot of money in the game. While they have a lot of money and they're making a lot of money, they aren't really making a lot of profit from competitive more than just advertising. You know, competitive missing a game is basically solely advertising. It's advertising into, you know, grow a game. That's what it is. 
that's how it works and people who love esports so with that being said you know you have to there has to be like a as much as it hurts me because i am a competitive and pro player there has to be a line between doing what's right for a pro and doing what's what right for generating revenue for a game and i feel like that's where kind of fortnite went wrong in my opinion because me and sam used to play fortnite all the time we actually like scrim together you know that's when i actually used to scrim and stuff like that and you know me and sam did that together and fortnite back then was actually a lot of fun like i loved it i played it as much as i play apex like every day but apex just or fortnite got to this point where it was just all about like this hyper building crazy crap you know you had people like booga whatever you know everyone built like that you know you i remember in fortnite you would build like a stair and then the wall below and you had a fortress you'd be able to kill a whole team <laughs> now it's like you're spinning 90s all the time up so once it got to that kind of meta that's when the game kind of died out and got boring for me and, and you know that's why i feel like they went too much on that casual side because they made building so easy and so accessible that everyone was able to do it and that's that that was appealing to that casual scene a little bit too hard and it killed the game for me at least obviously fortnite's not dead but i don't i would argue it's not as popular as it was you know when ninja was blowing up and everything of those sorts you know so i, I think oh. there just has to be a fine line between determining you know what's what what's our goal here you know working between appealing to the casuals and appealing to um the comp scene all right and oh. now we have tk is old in this call as we speak tk can you hear me yep. can i hear you is the real question so my question for the mad madness himself is who is your biggest rival in the apex scene oh um as far as like the t like the like who's like the most difficult to go against or what um i mean it could be that or like or just, who, you just want to know who i like, hate don't you yeah who, who do you hate who, who do we be who are we beefing with right now oh <laughs> oh we're actually about to start some drama on this crowd, <laughs> what the hell i'm gonna go <laughs> i'm gonna yo i'm gonna go on a limb and say i respect every player in the pro scene oh wow um, Every player in the pro scene is amazing. They deserve lots of love. You know, I have no beef against any single player in the game. Um, I think everyone's deserving. I think everyone deserves a chance, and it's great. So I actually have no beef wow. with anyone. So okay, humble. Okay, who's the hardest? Who's your um, biggest competitor? Then we'll say that. Hey Liam, can you hear me? Uh, oh, but I can hear you. We, we oh, can hear okay. you. All right, this is no, yeah, okay. <laughs> Love you guys. We'll see you later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I'm reformed, so I can't say anything negative. You Whoa. know what I mean? Um, so I, so I would definitely say like wise, I would definitely say yep. Optic is probably the hardest team. I think just from experience, I think Optic is probably the hardest team to beat on a straight three v three. And above above that, I think that they are just like insane like they just know where to place themselves always. Each individual player, which is an extremely hard talent to have because you have an IGL who can tell you where to go. But I think every player on that team, Nox, Dupe, and Skittles, they all individually know where to place themselves almost in every single circumstance, which is incredibly key to how successful they've been. Um, and especially in knowing where to place themselves in relation to their team, uh, where their teammates are at as well is key. You know, not far enough to where you can get an off angle, but not far enough where you can't regroup immediately. You know, things like that are very key in, in, in success and taking fights and positioning. Um, so I definitely think because 
Optic is one of the best position positionally aware teams, and as well as just very strong team fighting. I, I would argue that they're probably the most difficult team, not only just for me to beat, but just really for anyone. I I would argue. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks well, for joining. Thank it's good to see you, bro. Thank I appreciate you so stopping in. It means a lot. Yeah, of course. It's a pleasure. All right. Take care, buddy. Um. So, I'm gonna. We have C4 Mailman. Oh. Do we? Uh, we have two of them now. There's, there's two separate C4 male men. So maybe he did join on his phone. C4. Hold on, it shows him as mute. And we hear him. You hear me? Yes. Wait, 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 wait. I gotta yeah. put on my. I gotta put on my radio voice. Hold on. Uh, hello, gentlemen. How you doing today? Yeah, good, what's up, How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, so. Let me pull up my uh, notepad. All uh, right. So, out of all of your competitive like expertise, which map was your favorite of all of Apex? For competitive? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I I feel like I did. I I like. I feel like my back one was always like World's Edge is the best comp like map. But I've really, really come, especially with like scrimming on it and playing on it a lot more. I've really come to enjoy. Uh. Storm point. Like I feel like there's so much outplayability. There's so many more spots. There's so much unpredictability to it. And plus it's something new. The thing that I really do not like about World's Edge, although I know the map well, I think the hardest thing to deal with with um World's Edge is that the fact that every spot has a team there. It's they've been there for months, they've been there for years. And if you want to change a spot, it's not gonna be easy. It's probably gonna take a long time. They're not gonna give it up. You know, it, it, everything's kind of like set in stone. If you don't have a spot in World's Edge, you're kind of screwed. You know, everyone has their spot. It's always like this team here, this team there, and you don't mess with that team, whatever. So I, 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 I that's what I don't like. I still feel like Stormpoint is still new. There's still opportunity to fight for a new spot, kind of change. And, and above all, there's just way more loot. You know, I'm walking at a tree, triple white with no heals, and, you know, I land wall, unfortunately, with Sykes. And we walk out with purples, plenty of heals, and you know at least we have a loot so th that's a really nice dy dynamic to have it's the game's a lot more fun when you actually have loot um i think personally so do, do you like the two map structure like splitting i don't I, yeah i definitely don't think that's bad i think it's i think it's good and bad actually i think it's good i think it's good because it provides a variety for a viewer they're not just watching the same game the same map all the time they're not just watching the same sort of things right so with that being said, I, I think on the viewer standpoint, it's good. From a, a player's perspective, I don't think it's as good because let's say, for example, like it's like there's other tournaments that have done NA and EU tournaments combined, right? So it's kind of the same sort of premise. And what I mean by that is like, let's say you have like three games on World's Edge, right? And those are all like South Poles and you land North and you're screwed on zones. You get terrible zones on the three maps. You don't have like three more games on that same map to hopefully get a good zone pull that you can play off of, right? Whereas, and then and then you switch to the other map and maybe you get screwed on zone pulls again because it's a fresh map. You know, you, you might not get the zones again. So I think that's why it's kind of like a negative thing for the players. Um, but I, I, I truthfully don't mind it at all. I, I kind of enjoyed the split. It provides a new opportunity, a learning opportunity. Again, that's why I like Storm Point. Um, it's a different, it's a new map. It's new learning opportunities, like new spots. It's just fresh. You know, it's fresh and new. But um Yeah, so I'm seeing I'm Sykesness in chat right now. Speaking of <laughs> really? which, um how necessary are 
controller players for today's comp and rank. Well, Sykes isn't necessary at all. He's definitely oh. easily replaceable. Okay. But no, yeah, I sense. would definitely argue, yeah, you, you need a you 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 need a controller player on your team for sure. It, 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 like it, like one or two. No, uh, like the the way the games changed and the way the games played, it's like I, I think you can still be a top heavy team and perform well. Triple M and K. You know, look at energy. Look at I would say Sentinels, but that's just not true. But look at energy, <laughs> and you know they're they're one of the few triple M and K teams that are able to still perform. You know, so it's while it's rare. Um, it's still possible, but I think it's a lot easier. And I, I would say, yeah, you, you need a, you need a, at least one controller player on your team for sure. Okay, so um, how important is like a healthy living, like diet, working out, everything like that for competitive play and streaming in general? Yeah. So, oh my, this is something that I've learned and neglected all at the same time. So it's very quickly grown on me how how much it can affect things negatively. So, uh, it's helped a lot you know there there i remember when i first started working out for the first time and experiencing what it's like to lift a weight and and like having that soreness i i felt so like energized all the time and my gameplay just felt nuts you know from pushing myself and just getting out and after after not doing that for so long but um it's not even just about you know a healthier living it, it's healthier diet and healthier you know, being active and being in the fitness. Ooh, I'm not going to finish that one. But what? Oh <laughs> but I, I, I hate that I can't say that without trying to finish the rest of it. But long story short, there's plenty of studies out there that will prove that working out and being athletic have amazing ties to increasing mental overall wellness. And that's something that's very key in being a competitor and just in life in general, really. Um, so I think they're very important. I think they usually go very, what's the word? Um, like people, people, people don't really think about it too much. People don't really realize how important a healthy quality of life outside the game is, is important to maintaining success and performance in game. So I would argue, yeah, it's, it's, it's very important. Okay. Um, two more questions. So the mental... Hey, like playing mental games against other like your opponents um do you think that's important like for example shooting dead boxes uh doing squats over dead bodies uh triple stacking on drop um is that important to keep the morale of opposing teams down much of like what satellite mentioned earlier or do you think that doesn't have any effect wow uh, I mean, yeah, it definitely affects the team negatively for sure. Because like, there's been times where we've, you know, we've died on contests, and it's a team we shouldn't be losing to, and they shoot boxes, and it's like, dude, you're 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 freaking terrible. Like, why are you even shooting my box? Um, but I mean, there's been circumstances where that mental game kind of happens naturally. You know, when Optic Gaming like 32 and owed Sentinels, you know, they didn't like shoot their boxes all the time. They didn't. You know like do all that kind of stuff they would just roll them play their game and do well and uh i think that it goes hand in hand like i think there's a fine like like while it is a morale uh downer to lose a 50 50 have that team bm you um i would i would argue that it's just as much of a morale downer to lose a 50 50 and watch that team that killed you basically win the game because it, it just proves how like good that team is and it just like kind of spends like hey don't mess with us even with you contesting us we can still pull out wins and stuff like that um i i think that's something that's really important to 
the downing that morale as well. And it's definitely key too as to like winning 50-50s because you will have someone who gets so tilted that they just crack. But it goes, it, it can be a double-edged sword. Sometimes if you BM boxes, people will be like, you know what? Because he's being a, you know what I mean? I'm going to keep doing it. I, I, don't, I don't even care if we keep losing our games at this point. I'm going to keep landing on him and, and just ruining his games. That's the mindset of some players in the scene and, and, and in the game. And that's the unfortunate thing that kind of like, you know, ruins it. Sykes. Okay. His mental's unbreakable. Sykes quit like several tournaments. He refuses to do any tournaments because his mental is so fragile. That's I heard so he, sad. Was, he was barely top five in Pred. I know. I heard oh. he got top one for like a day. Oh, okay. Good for him. Um, so who's your favorite mod? <laughs> Dude, who's your favorite mod? Oh, all right. All right. Thank you. That, that, that's all my questions for the day. Wait. Okay. <laughs> You're not going to answer? <laughs> that's hard. Yeah, honestly, like, I think it's anyone. I, I love all my mods, except, like, all my mods, my favorite, minus Scarlet, for sure. True. But, true. I definitely really, I, I really, like, I, Melman is definitely a solid mod because. Like I, like I said earlier, and like the other day, I just said it too, where just like very few people have supported me in and out through my career, through everything, through all the ups and downs I've had over the last few years. He's like one of the only people that have supported me throughout. So I really appreciate you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Very few people have supported me, period. So I appreciate you for that, mailman. Thank you. Yeah, no. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. I'll, I'll be looking for my paycheck soon. Oh. Bro. Okay. Sam. All right, yeah, we gotta. We're gonna move on. Uh, <laughs> Yo, man, man, I love you, buddy. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah, much love, guys. Uh, yeah, keep up the good work. You guys are doing yep. great. Take care, Thank man. Thank you, man. Man's a goat. Um, so now, actually, we're just gonna we're just gonna be reading Twitch chat for a little bit. We're gonna do like four or five questions um, from you guys, and then we're gonna call it a day. So, if anyone has been holding on to a good question in Twitch chat, please now is your time to shine. Uh, good questions only. If it's a bad question, we will let you know because that's what we do. So, but so who so who is your favorite mod though? I don't know. Who's your favorite VIP? Slash mods. Let's see. Who, who's yeah, your favorite VIP? Uh, well, let me fix something. What? Dude, I can't reach out now, bro. Oh my goodness. I can't Come on, reach Sam, out you're now. missing the questions, dude. I can't reach out. I just got banned. Okay, here we go. We're good. We're good. Um, Impact Sykes the... has on the team? Absolutely zero. Negative? You think it's negative? Yeah, actually. Oh, okay. That's why Pal has zero passion. Okay, interesting. Uh, Do you think... What's it like being so good at video games, Madness? I'm not. Next question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you <laughs> do you think the state of ranked is good for the entire community or just for the pros? Wow. Um. Yes and no. I think while the ranked, uh, like the ranked format is good for truly a competitive, like experience. I think it does not reward um it does not at all reward players for being solo or duo. I think there needs to be a multiplier implemented or at least a lower entry cost maybe for players that are solo and duo 
obviously those increments would change based on if you're solo or duo or not. But I think if you're a solo or duo player in the game, I think it's, it's I think it punishes you even harder for being you know good at the game and, and stuff like that. And it's a lot harder, uh, for sure. So, I, I like I said, I've had this conversation before. I think the rank changes are actually really good. People are just not used to it as much yet. And it, while it is more challenging, I think it should be. It's a ranked. It's a ranked thing. It's a. It's pure competitiveness of the game. You know, it, it doesn't. It's supposed to be challenging. And like we've had this conversation in my chat before. Like you know, you look at League of Legends and something like that. Getting like challenger in that game and and being in that top you know 0.01 percent or whatever it is is one of the hardest things to do in that game. It is extremely hard. So much so that if you get to Challenger and you're in that like top, whatever it is, 100, 200, 300, that's actually where pro teams in League of Legends will go to scout for new talent in that game. That's like how insanely hard it is to be a top player and a top ranked player in League of Legends that like it's to where legitimate organizations will go to they will literally go on that leaderboard and that's where they scout for new players like it's a legit thing i've heard it so many times and i think that uh, like that's how it should be it should be freaking hard you should be rewarded for being one of the best players um the one thing i believe does need to change and should change is the fact that the uh rp entry cost goes up every 1000 rp you get above master because you will have people who are starting games at a negative 185 rp that is insane that means at that point and that level you need to be getting like top three with like five kills every single game and if you don't you're gonna lose rp you that's the only way to net pro like profit and that's insane to me because while yes okay if you are the number one predator you should be freaking one of the best right like you should be able to do that but you also need to understand we're playing a br like it's a it's a rng game it's random you're gonna get griefed you're gonna get ran at you're gonna get you know like so many uncontrollable variables happen in this game so to to punish someone for being the best that heavily i think is a little far I could see maybe increasing that entry cost up to maybe like 20k RP. You know what I mean? Like, you know, in, at at pred at 15k, you get like a negative entry cost every 1,000 up to like 20k, and then that's where it kind of stops. You know, I I think that's a something that really does need to change. I think that hurts people a lot for sure. You know, while it's still you know possible to get number one because someone has to be number one, obviously. Um, you know, we're, we're, I think it's a little bit too, it's a little too much for sure. And then I have another question. I'm going to combine two, one from toss the die and one from two, four, six, oh, and a bunch of numbers. Um, so toss's question is where do you see multiplayer gaming in five to 10 years? And then two's question is, do you think esports is always going to be a teen slash early 20 scene? Or as the scene ages, will we people, will we see people staying through their thirties and forties? So do you see, <laughs> multiplayer gaming where do you see multiplayer gaming in the future and do people older in age have still have a chance with competitive gaming yeah so i'm very interested to know if toss is asking this question based off of the shroud clip where shroud kind of said like he thinks gaming multiplayer gaming or shooters whatever is going to be dead in like five to ten years or something like that because cheaters are just going to continue cheats are going to continue to evolve to a point to where they're just so undetectable 
and he doesn't think anti-cheat is gonna like catch up specifically right so i'm wondering if that's where that question's coming from but um i i mean i don't think games can change much i i really i really don't like i i i don't i don't think it's just gonna be new games i think it's gonna be as it is now just just everyone's playing different and newer games that have come out um i don't really know where things are gonna be at with this like vr stuff because everyone's really saying that we're gonna slowly approach a point where everything's gonna just be like vr stuff um well I, i'd argue that's possible i don't think that would be i don't know i don't know if that'd be something during our lifetime um oh I, it is okay. actually the context okay. wow okay cool um yeah i don't i don't know if i would agree with that i can see i can see where he's saying cheats are going to continue to evolve they will continue to get better they will continue to get more undetectable that is true that's how that's going to happen um for sure but uh i don't know how anti-cheat's going to keep up and if it does you know whatever um i, I don't know I don't, I don't think gaming will die at least multiplayer uh, yeah, gaming. I, I don't think multiplayer gaming is going anywhere and i'm not sure if he meant that or if he was just mad because he was getting cheated on in a game at the time that he said that um yeah, that's but, some of streamers do as well yeah i i've been there before so uh if you were a top five predator does this mean you're one of the best players in the game or are you just good and you have hours upon hours to grind and then we're gonna do one more question after this and then we can call it okay um well to quickly wrap up as well um wait hold on because there was uh i i still think by the way to just wrap up the other question i still think that um professional gaming is going to still be probably dominated by a younger audience in the future um i i just because when you're younger you have that higher reaction time you're just more energetic you have more energy you know you're, you're just more aware it's just how it is um but by all means i don't i don't, I don't especially if we're, if we're approaching games with just hard controller metas i don't think that you're going to be uh, at fault for being a little bit older i don't think it's going to hold you back if anything, you'll just be a little bit more wiser and uh, knowledgeable. Patient, uh, yeah. Yeah, patient, knowledgeable, matured, um, understanding of situations a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I could kind of see, I don't know. When does, your, when does reaction time start to fall out? What, how old? Oh, how mine's old, falling out right now, bro. Oh. You've never had it. Yeah, true. How old do you start losing reaction time? Age 24! Oh, yep. There you go, dude. I just turned 24. It's over for you, man. I'm sorry, bro. I think it's time to dive into the virtual realm. Virtual reality, competitive game. Oh, no. Yep. My career is over. It's I'm a, running out of time, boys. Yep. Um, I had one more question. Uh, let me see. Oh, one more. Okay, I don't even have a 401k. Let's get one more good question here, chat. The best question we've ever seen right now in the chat. Right now. Best question ever. Didn't you just ask me a question that I needed to ask? Uh, yeah. Sam's, then... Sam's just skipping, bro. No, will you just answer this one and then we'll you, do the next I... one. Yeah, with TKs you asked as well. Okay, Top yeah, five predators was... just mean you're one of the best players in the game or does it mean you're just good and a grinder? Good yeah. and a grinder for sure. I think solely what determines a best player in the game is competitive. I think I think if you're able to hold like a top ten, you know, rank, you're a notable player for sure. But I think um all in all that you know, what determines a player being the best in the game is competitive. For sure. Yep, I I agree. 
because I hit master last season. Did I deserve master? No. Absolutely not. Would I be able to hit master this season? Absolutely not. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like ranked and apex, the way that they have it set up is kind of more about time, uh, sacrifice instead of like actual skill. Cause if you threw me in like a, a scrim, I wouldn't touch anybody. So I agree with I'm madness in this situation. All right. So madness, actually, I kind of want you to choose what the best question is coming from the chat this time. Is it just because you can't see? No. I can see just fine. Got it. Um. Uh, now I feel bad. Let's see. Drop. Uh, who do you think some of the best players in conference? I think that's hard. Like I, 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 I love and hate. Like I, I love questions, but I hate that question so much. Like. What do you think the best players in comp are like it's hard it's so hard to say because there's no competitive right now there's like nothing going on so it's hard to say like well, who's keeping up you know who's playing because a lot of people aren't like streaming so you don't know who's maintaining their grind you don't know who's maintaining that you know work ethic because it's off time no one's there's no tournaments there's barely any scrims right um and it's really hard because if you look at it we've had like a two-month break we've had a two-month break honestly okay so I actually just received the best question ever. Now that your reaction time is deteriorating and it's all over because you're 24, what are your plan for real now? What are your plans for after Apex? Do you have any idea where you want to go, what you want to do actually when you're done being a competitive Apex player? Yeah actually a funny question because i think sam hears me talk about this every freaking day honestly um yep. true i mean i, I think <laughs> yeah i just yeah um i think ultimately like i said I, I i need to really start working on and i'm really looking to start working on creating content because content creation and just playing games is something that i will, I will always love um i have the opportunity to make a living in a space of creators playing video games and that's something that i want to be a part of forever um i'd rather not go get a fucking, i'd rather not go get a nine to five uh job to be honest it's just not something that i think is in the cards for me i mean if it comes to that it is what it is i'll go finish you know college and then get like a job um but you know having to be able to do this full time for four years now straight is something that i, I incredibly value and i want to continue to do that post apex competitive and uh yeah, I mean, just working on content. Like, that's just what I want to do the rest of my life. So I think that's just kind of the plan. It's the plan is just ride out competitive, uh, continue growing my brand, and really just sending it home and, and, and growing as much as I possibly can. So that way, when I do, you know, stop playing this game professionally, that I have a comfortable, solid audience that will continue to support me after that. Uh, that's, that's the ultimate goal. You know, that's what got me into competitive. I didn't want to get into competitive the way I did, you know. Um, when I, when I, I was originally just doing content and the way I got into the pro scene is because I just knew people, you know, unfortunately that's the way of the world, you know, everything getting into high tier things is just knowing people. That's how it goes. Right. Um, and I just played with Noko and wig and I was just doing content back then. I was just a good player who grinded content and they both wanted me to be on the CLG roster. And then that's how I got into the pro scene. 
you know it, it it wasn't planned um but my heart will always be in content creation that's just the reality of accepted and um just you know i i just right now i enjoy competitive i think i think it's fun i think it's an awesome experience especially land that's something that i want to continue experiencing the the, the uh how many experiences i think i've had three three land experience no four land experiences we had um x games poland twitch twitchcon and at uh esports arena in las vegas those are the four land events that i've been to um and they are an amazing experience and it's something that i definitely want to continue to experience um before i really call it you know retirement so you know that's just kind of the plans for the future i would say that's good. Uh, I I think going into content creation is going to be like the best option for any pro player because it's probably As, yes. more long lasting, you know, because mm-hmm. if, if all you do is try to just be a competitive player your whole life, it's not, you know, I don't think that's very um, sustainable. But uh, I received a question I answered in chat because this is not about me. Um, so that's all of our questions. And thank you, everybody so much for coming. We appreciate you. Shout out to Prediction. Um, We're getting ready for ALGS uh, Championship. So everybody stay tuned. Uh, You know, keep getting involved. Stay involved with everything that's going on. We appreciate you guys coming so much and being a part of this. Everyone that bought tickets, everyone that was asking questions in chat um, and Prediction especially, you know, shout out those guys. I was very honored to be a part of it. And uh, thank you, Madness, for choosing me to be the i guess suggesting me to be the host yeah yeah just reinstate it again thank you for prediction for hosting the event thank you to everyone in my community and overall who bought tickets it really helps out me and the and renegades as well as obviously prediction um and uh thank you for renegades as well for helping get this together they helped provide me the opportunity um so thank you guys all for being here and for those that showed up we really appreciate it yep and i hope we get to do more of these in the future oh yeah all right, we're going to probably hop out of here. Take care, everyone. I'll see you guys in a few hours. I'll probably be streaming a bit. So take care, everybody. I'll see you guys in a few hours. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.